Welcome to In Tune. I'm your co-host, Matt Rector, an aspiring luthier in Baltimore, Maryland. And I'm your other co-host, Ethan Morset, a music producer and founder of Blue Haven Music based in Minnesota. Our goal is to provide value to enterprising musicians, artists, and craftspeople by sharing our conversations and the lessons we've learned along the way. If you like our content, help us out by following us and giving us a positive rating on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Tune in for new episodes on the first Wednesday of each month. Thanks for joining us on our journey of entrepreneurship. This is episode 12. Believe it or not, as Matt and I have been growing our businesses, we've made a few mistakes along the way. In the last episode, you heard from me about some of the mistakes I had made and what I wish I would have done. And in this episode, we get to do the same for Matt. Hopefully, by hearing some of our discussion, you'll be able to learn from it and skip some of these mistakes. So Matt, as you've been growing into a luthier over the last few years, I'm sure there's been a few things that you wish you would have known. What are some of those things? Sure. So in terms of mindset, I think one of the the first things that comes to mind is just keep it simple. Mm. And I think really that comes from Luthery is a it's a niche sort of skill set. I don't besides people I work with, I don't know anyone personally who has any sort of interest or skills in Luthery. Sure. And so it can be a tough thing to break into. And when you're trying to do that without a lot of information, it can be really hard to decipher what you actually need to know, what you actually need to learn, mm-hmm. you know, what tools do you need? And so I think the tendency, at least the tendency for me was every time I would see a slick video of someone using a tool to do a certain task, I would think, Oh man, I, I need that. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and sometimes I would buy that tool and then I wouldn't really end up using it as much as I thought I would. So this applies not only to Luthery, but just woodworking in general. I think what's more important when you're starting out is keeping things simple with your, at least in regards to your set of tools, mm-hmm. start with the basics. And rather than relying on every possible gadget to get to your end goal, mm-hmm. instead focus on developing your skill with those basic tools. So so what would you say some of those basic tools are, as you have found? Uh, um with Luthery, there is uh, there's a good degree of specialized tools. Um, so, with regards to let's just take an example like fretwork, mm-hmm. you need a hammer to drive in your frets. You need 
which that's a you know pretty basic tool but like right. your standard carpenter's hammer is not really the right tool for that job sure you need a special um, hammer you know it doesn't need to be that special it just needs to be the right size oh okay um the right size the right weight the right shape a carpenter's hammer that you'd use to drive a nail is just going to destroy your frets sure um it can be done if you used a sensitive touch um but it's it's not ideal so you need uh, a hammer that works well for for that you need some files uh, you might need a fret saw, like a saw for cutting the slots, mm-hmm. um, nippers to cut the ends of the frets off when you're done um, hammering them in. Did you say nippers? Um, yes. <laughs> okay. It's a funny um, word. I'm I'm a child. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But it's it's mostly you know, and then you can have different types of files for. Uh, creating the profile of the fret, the round sort of profile. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can buy so many different, like you could buy a press that presses the frets in. Um, you could buy <clears throat> a special bevel file to bevel the ed- ends of your frets. Mm-hmm. You can buy different types of crowning files. And for the most part, you need one larger file to level frets and to bevel the edges. And then you need a crowning file and you need a hammer. That's the right size. And you can do a lot of fret work with just that. Sure. You don't need all these things that are for, special circumstances you can use Mm. use general tools to do those things if you know how to use them right yeah and i'm not saying those things aren't valuable but i think usually what you should do as a beginner is learn the basics and you'll sort of figure out what works for you and what you want out of your tools and what tools you might want to upgrade or to add to your kit based on what you've learned from that. But don't go out and buy every specialized tool that you think you need because (laughs) the marketers at that company said you need to have this. (laughs) You cannot get by without this tool. You will fail. It's essential. It. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And is always a good reminder, not just in Luthery, but I feel like in a lot of um a lot of industries, a lot of a lot of production in general. It's mm-hmm. Definitely the same thing in music. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think that developing skill should be the priority. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, developing skill with the basics, fundamentals first. <clears throat> sure. Sure, that makes sense. Um, 
kind of along those lines, another thing that I really kind of wish I would have known, and I I don't know that I have a good answer for this because every company that sells these tools, of course, wants you to buy all of them. Right. So I wish I would have had a better idea of what were the things that I really needed because there are specialized luthier tools that you really need. And what were the ones that I didn't? And yeah. And, and I think I just wish I would have had a better idea of that. I would have saved a lot of time and money. And I think one of the ways that would have helped me with that was getting a mentor Mm. earlier on yep um that's something that i wish i would have done sooner kind of like what you were saying don't be afraid to invest in yourself and invest in educating yourself i think that for me it would have been important to i wish i would have gotten a mentor sooner uh, because i've learned a lot in my time working at the music store more than when I was just doing things on my own. And it's also given me a lot better understanding of here's what I really need. You know, here's a professional shop who that's repairing instruments full time. Here's what they use. Right. Yeah. And you're in a lucky position. Uh, I mean, you've earned it because you you went after it. But you're in, you're in a I should say a good position because you're getting paid and getting mentored at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Or, but I think I think y- you you said this like, don't be afraid to pay somebody for them to be your mentor. Like sometimes that's what you got to do, but you can still get the value out of it, right? Like learning from mm-hmm. somebody who already knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. <clears throat> I mean, who better to learn from than someone who's actually running a business doing it? Yeah, I think that that's that's another point that I'll I'll talk about later. Um, I guess there's one thing I kind of want to circle back to about in terms of tools and mm-hmm. our conversation about what you wish you would have known kind of reminded me of this, where you were saying, go for the thing that you really want. Sometimes it is hard to, to figure out where's my money best spent as a, a new luthier, a new beginner. I have a limited budget for tools or I have a limited budget for music equipment or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And something that I heard is buy cheap, and then replace expensive. Mm. So if you buy, if you're not sure if you really need something, buy the cheaper version. And if you use it a ton and get tons of use out of it, or you wear it out, then it's probably worth it for you to upgrade that tool. But if you wear, if you never use it, then you haven't spent a ton of money on something that you don't actually need. So so this is the other this is the inverse of what I said in the last episode. Like <laughs> yeah. I mean it, it's 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 a good point, right? Like you've got to balance these the the two philosophies. But yeah, if you're not sure then yeah, I mean I think buying cheaper is a good way to test it out and see if it is something that you would use. And you don't waste a lot of money. Mhm. That's just funny that it, 
it, it makes a lot of sense, but it's it's literally in a way the inverse of the other the thing that I said. <laughs> but but I agree with you. I agree with you in the in that circumstance. That definitely makes sense. I think the difference would be though that in your situation, you were talking about things that you know you wanted to have for your business. Right. Right. Whereas what I'm talking about is a situation where you maybe don't have a lot of direction. You're not entirely sure what it is exactly that is going to be the best solution. So it makes sense to not spend a ton of money when you're not for sure that that's going to be the the solution that you stick with. Right. A, a good good clarification to make is the difference there is is how certain you are about whether you'll how certain you are that you want the more expensive thing and that it will benefit you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that makes sense do you have another thing you wish you would have known to share with us man i have a lot of things related to tools <laughs> um don't buy 30 hand planes I, <laughs> hey now i need all of those planes oh okay my bad <laughs> Uh, I do have a problem with hand planes. Uh, it is a sickness. <laughs> it's... And that is kind of something that I would have done differently. <laughs> um, Your collector. Is, yeah, buy less of them and focus on developing skill with them rather than buying more of them. <laughs> um, same thing with sharpening. Uh, that's another super important just general woodworking skill. Yeah. And there are so many different systems out there you could choose. And I think it's really more important that you just pick a system, get really good at it and comfortable with it and stick with it rather than test out every possible sharpening option because they all work. Right. Um, just decide what's convenient for your setup. That makes sense. <clears throat> So here's another thing that I think is interesting because you'll hear a lot of craftspeople, not just woodworkers, but people who do crafts in general, you, you want to stay organized so you don't waste time Mm -hmm. looking for a tool or looking for a part. But a lot of craftspeople will also say like, Oh, don't, don't throw that away. Don't throw that piece of wood away. Like keep that screw. Like you can, and if you have a way to organize all of those little bits and pieces, I think that can be very useful, especially with guitar stuff. Sometimes you'll get a vintage guitar and it might have some obscure parts. And if you have this guitar that someone was going to get rid of or throw away that couldn't be repaired, if you save the parts off of it, that could be really useful down the line when you go to repair something else. But this is something that I think is really dependent on the setup that you have. Right. Because for me, in a small space, I I tried to do that at first, thinking, oh, I'm going to use this later. But for me, in a small space, I just do not have the, room. the ability to store every little bit and piece and save everything for something that I might do later. If I had the space... And I could do it in an organized way, sure. 
that would be great. But I think it's important to really think about the space that you're working in right? and optimize your setup for that. You know, that's part of the reason why I work primarily with hand tools is I have a small space. I don't have space for lots of big, noisy power tools. Sure, sure. And I think that you could probably say the same thing for a lot of your music production stuff. You know, the space that you work in for music production isn't a giant, you know, huge standalone building with tons and tons of space, right? Oh, how I wish. How I wish. <laughs> nope, not not when you got a, a bedroom with a queen-size bed in it. Certainly not. <laughs> Um, I think the last thing that I really had here was kind of along the lines of something we talked about from what you wish you would have known, Uh huh. where we t- discussed, you know, who you know versus kind of what you know or how hard you work. Right. Um, is to just focus on yourself. Focus focus on yourself and focus on doing the best that you can. And obviously, network with the people around you. But try not to compare yourself to others and try not to take things personally when you don't get an opportunity or mm-hmm. you know, something doesn't work out for you. Because what good does it really do for you to be just down about something and let that ruin your your attitude? Right. And that can be really hard when you're <laughs> when you're invested in something that you care a lot about. It's hard to not become not it's hard not to compare yourself to others, but I think it can be very limiting to compare yourself to others and it can be very discouraging and stressful when it does not need to be. And I have found I'm, I'm bad at that by the way, (laughs) but I found that when I'm able to like what you said, focus on myself, focus on my goals, focus on what I want to achieve and let everything else be quiet. Like forget about, what other people have accomplished it's actually very freeing and it allows Mm -hmm. you to get i feel like more space to work on your issues yeah for me it helps me finish projects through to completion because sometimes if i'm in the middle of a project and i make a little mistake right i the chisel slips a little bit you know, I take out a little bit more of, um, or I, I leave a gouge somewhere in the wood, you know. You yell out a big cuss word. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never do that. Yeah, you never swear. Um, you know, and then I go online and I look at Instagram of some of the, you know, most well-known guitar builders in the world. And I think, oh, you know, my my instrument doesn't look like that. I just made this huge mistake when I could actually probably fix the thing. But in that moment, I think, oh, I have to start over, you know? Yeah. Um, 
it does help me to finish projects when I can just be focused on myself and what I'm doing. Uh, and that's another thing that I wish I would have known is even if it, if it's bad, even if you made a lot of mistakes, even if you know the project is not going to turn out exactly how you wanted to uh-huh. push through it and finish the project if you need to take a minute to like step away or a day to take a step back from something because you're frustrated, that's totally valid. But making progress and learning from those mistakes rather than just giving up is so much more valuable than just going, oh, I made a mistake. Just scrap it. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Learning from... The man, total cliche, but learning from your mistakes. It's the, the only reason it's worth, one of the reasons it's worth saying is people are so afraid of mistakes, they don't do that. They avoid mistakes so mm-hmm. much that they, they, they don't give themselves the opportunity to learn from them. I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, what is the cliche? The, the only reason this other person is more successful than you is because they failed more times than you have like something along mm-hmm. the lines of that. Uh, very true. A good thing for, for, for I think everybody to remember is that's where you learn the most. And if you don't push through, then you don't, you really, you might learn some stuff still, but you don't learn all that you could have. Like for example, like what you said, if you took out more than you meant to take out and you're like, well, this guitar is done. And you, you know, put lighter fluid all over it and light it on fire and have a bonfire. Oh, I've been tempted. Uh, <laughs> I've been tempted at times. <laughs> You'll never learn how to correct that mistake, you know? Like, whereas mm-hmm. if you push through and you're like, okay, what can I do to correct this mistake? Sometimes there's no way, but sometimes there is. And sometimes it just is pushing through. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, finding a, a different solution to a problem. And that might teach you a different technique or teach you a different way to solve a problem than if you had just given up and scrapped the project. Right. And and imagine how much more proud you can be of the work that you put in if you can say, you know, I encountered this obstacle, but I still figured out a way to make it work. You know, there's, there's a lot more count confidence to be had in finishing than there is in giving up. If you give up, mm-hmm. then then people will be like, you know, what'd you do this weekend? Uh, well, I was working on a guitar, but I messed it up, so I threw it away. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, well, that's n- not necessarily something to be proud of, but if you can say, if you can kind of explain it in a different way, I messed up, but I figured out a way to make it work and here's a picture of it. And they're like, oh, that's so cool. Like you can be a lot more proud of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ad- attitude definitely is really important. And um, I guess sort of, I had attitude and action. And this sort of relates to my last thing that I had is 
that I wish I wouldn't have spent so much time reading about things and thinking about things and philosophizing about things and imagining things and spent more time doing things. So I think that it is important to keep a check on how much time you're spending doing versus planning. And I know we've talked about this before, but I I think if you can quantify it into hours, you should be spending more time doing than planning. And so that's something that I would have done differently and wish I would have had a different mindset about that sooner. Yeah, that's something that a lot of people struggle with, me, myself included. Taking You, you want to spend a little bit of time thinking, right? But there is definitely a point where you're just basically sort of procrastinating for the sake of mm-hmm. maybe perfection or something else. And mm-hmm. you'd be far better off just taking action, doing stuff and getting feedback and then correcting mm-hmm. course as you go. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, did you have really? Did you have anything else that you wanted to share? Any any big ones or any other um, points you wanted to bring up? No, I feel like a lot of what I talked about is a lot about mindset stuff. Some of it is specific to Luthery, like a lot of the tools. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but it's hard. It's hard for me to talk about every. Because there can be a lot of specialized tools with guitar building, but there doesn't necessarily have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I had more very luthier-specific examples. Um, I think I think like the the more mindset stuff is maybe more applicable to more people too, though. I mean, and you did have some specific luthery things but i think the mindset stuff is stuff that's applicable to a lot of different areas and still very important Mm -hmm. i i think that's all all good stuff for people to hear all right i think that's all we have for episode 12 right matt (laughs) that's that's it for me all right that's all we've got for episode 12 Uh, if you liked what you heard be sure to go on to whatever platform you listen to this on and make sure you give us a review. Uh, We very much appreciate it. Uh, We appreciate you taking the time to listen. And until next time, stay tuned.